What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Wednesday edition, a post first day of training camp practice edition, Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. John Harris alongside Mark Vandermeer. Mark, whew, training camp day number one. Yeah. Hot, fun, oh, like everything you could want at training camp practice. Um, we got a lot that we're going to go over tonight. Dre joined us on the show. We're going to have that for you. We had the McNairs. We had McClain. We're going to hear all of that. But we're going to give our thoughts on what we saw the first day of training camp practice. Your thoughts. All right. So I got back into the building, and everybody in the business office who wasn't out there was saying, how do they look? How do they look? We all want to know. They're chomping at the bit, and I love that. There's more curiosity, anticipation, excitement than has been here in a long time. I yeah. mean, it really is palpable. So my stock answer was, and the quick elevator pitch type answer was, the defense is out to destroy everything in its path, and today looked like they could. Yep. And the offense, it's day one, right? They had some moments, but you're trying to piece it together. Not piece it together. Trying to construct something here. You know how it is. We always talk about it. It's easier to destroy something than it is to build something. Correct. They're trying to build something, not necessarily from scratch. We talked about the O-line, the addition of... Titus Howard for more years, not the addition, but the continued inclusion and the fact that they have stability. But Shaq Mason is the big addition there. And Kenyon Green coming back, that was another nice plus. My thought was this, though. It's day one of building this offense. Let's measure it again in a week, although you and I will measure it every day sure. and see where we're at because they've got to make some progress there, and they will. But this is the first time we've seen it in a camp setting. Yeah, and I think there were a couple things going on today. Number one, I felt like, and you and I obviously are on from 8 to 10 in the morning, so it was at about 10 o'clock. They were right near the end of 7-on-7. Seven seven. And I remember getting off the air and walking over going, oh, boy, it's hot out here. I feel like that played a role. And, and, it, and, and listen, the heat is a major factor. It's a major factor for these guys. And – I talked to Alex Bachman after practice, and I just kind of asked him how it was. He goes, you know, I was, doing, I was doing fine. I was doing great. He said then we had a special teams period, and he said I didn't, I didn't get a break during that period. Ooh, that's right. And he just said, whoa. Some he of said, these guys from, don't get a break. From that point on, it gets to be more about – now, he didn't say this. I'll say this. It gets to be more about survival. Yep. And you start – Losing a little bit of the focus on some of the little things, like for the receivers catching the football. That was one of the things, and not just the receivers. I felt like I felt like the pass catchers were off today a little bit. There were some throws they normally would hang on to. Everybody seemed to drop one um, that they normally would hang on to. They missed some deep balls. But I thought after that, there was a lot of deep balls they missed. But the one that they hit that was actually right in front of me, Mark, was – was C.J. Stroud through one of Nico Collins. And, I mean, Ooh. that was sweet. Beautiful, beautiful. Because we really hadn't seen that last year. Right. The deep ball was starkly missing right. from these practices. And to see one today like that on day one was really encouraging. Yeah, and Nico got behind the DBs. And I can't remember who was back there. I can't remember if that was on Nelson's side or Stingley's side or whomever. But Nico got, got behind him. Man, I think people gloss over the fact that Nico can run. He can mm -hmm. really, really run. Um, but the throw from Stroud, I mean, the ball is really right in line basically for me, and I'm like, he launched that thing. Right. So as I'm trying to track the ball, I'm looking where Nico is, tracking the ball, look where Nico is. I'm like, I think he's got this. And bang, hits him right in hand. And he had, he had missed a couple early. He had Noah Brown wide open down the middle and missed on a deep route. But even without pads, I thought the D-line really 
really put their foot down. I thought the D-line just created all kinds of havoc. And I know offensive linemen are like, because we couldn't have pads on. And I I get that. I completely and totally understand you. Um, I, I understand that. Just saying what we saw today, I felt like a defensive line. And I want to talk about Roy Lopez. We had Roy in here uh, during media days. We talked to Roy. Yeah. In fact, we probably talked to him the longest. We had we had a lot to talk about him. We, we, we love Roy. And I think a lot of people in this city love Roy. There's no, there's no question about it. I put in my Harris hits, which you can see at HoustonTexas.com. I also uh, tweeted out a couple of times. I wish we had a photo from Roy as a rookie and could mm. put that up next to the photo of him now. He looks different. He is transformed. Yes. Transformed. Yeah, the body weight has gone up. <laughs> yeah. The he, opposite of what happens to a lot of people when they get older, like right. much older, when gravity takes its toll. Yes. He is sort of defying gravity. You and I saw him the first day of OTAs in 2021, and we were right. impressed with the size of Roy yeah, Lopez. Yeah. Right. But then you look at his physique now, and everything's sort of lifted up right. a little bit. Yeah, he's he's more than just a couple of tree trunks. Um, and he was quick off the ball today. Hassan Ridgeway had a number of plays like that. Thomas Booker just getting upfield and creating mayhem where running backs are getting the ball going, whoa, where did I go? Um, so that was – I thought the defense was was dialed in. I thought the secondary had a couple of uh, – more than a couple of coverage sacks. What um, did, they, they were – they did some good things. But I'll give you one other one okay. that, I, that I saw that I, I was – I was really impressed. I, I think this linebacker group has some dudes that can run. They just have some dudes, but they have some guys that can run. But also that understand pass coverage. Henry Toa should have had an interception um, during practice. He, there was a kind of play-action fake. He read it right away. He got right into the passing lane, and CJ never saw him. And the ball hit Henry right in the hands, and he dropped it. Um, but just the fact that he was there, the fact that – and I watched the play up on the big board because they'll have the play live, and then you can look at the big board, and they're running the plays. And so I see it. I'm like, man, that's a beautiful drop for a linebacker. I'm not talking the, ne- the next series. It had to be like – Two or three plays later, Jake Hansen does a similar thing. They kind of boot one way, or they kind of have action one way, and then they boot the other way. And he kind of went with the action, stayed with his keys, realized it was boot, turned to look for a receiver, dropped right back in the lap of a receiver. Quarterback, I saw him cock the throw, and then Hansen was there. He had to pull it down, and he went somewhere else. When you have linebackers that can cover like that and can run like they do, you got a chance to do a whole lot of different things. I mean, a million different things. Um, but I thought the defense was completely dialed in today. I think completely. linebacker is something, you know, when you do your position breakdowns because you did receivers today, you're going to have to dig deep into there because they're only going to play two a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. The majority of the game, you only yep. play two linebackers, and they have a lot of depth here. And Denzel yeah. Perriman out there today just looks like he knows what he's doing. He does. You know, you look at him like, oh, that guy knows what he's doing, right? Yeah. The way he has command in that defensive huddle and everything, you just see it. Uh, one quick note from me on the deep balls. Am I right about this? The CJ deep balls that didn't connect, I thought, if you overthrow guys, so what? Yeah. Right? Just take a shot. Yeah. And he was under pressure and was able to launch the ball very cleanly yep. and easily a couple of times. And guys couldn't get under it, but they were also kind of jammed up, yep. if you will. There was a little traffic in the route. So who knows what goes into that? But. I didn't mind anything I saw today. It yeah. didn't discourage me that way. If I see those 
missed connections? Because I know they have time to work on it. That's what you're doing this time of year, and I'm eager to see how it all comes together, and I have a feeling it will. One of the things I took out of minicamp and OTAs was the first, the first week, a little bit of struggle. Second week, boy, you're starting to see some things. Third week, there's some new things you're seeing from the defense, but there were adjustments. And in the last week, okay, they're hitting on some things now. They're in a, they're in a pretty good groove. It's day one. You get back, you'll get back in that groove. I, I, I'm like you. I wasn't worried about anything. I know last year there was this big hubbub about, oh, my God, Davis Mills can't hit the deep ball. We're all going to panic. And, uh, you know, the deep ball is kind of tricky in some sense because, you know, sometimes you hit in practice. Oh, it's perfect. Then you get in a game and you never hit it. But I think, I think last year maybe what we did see in camp was maybe an indication of the fact that they weren't going to be explosive uh, down the field throwing a football. We saw too weren't. many misses on air last yeah. year. That's what bothered me. Yep. Look, it's one thing if you got 11 on 11, everybody's yeah, jammed yeah, yeah. up and you misconnect. Right. So what? Just don't turn it over. Right. Live to fight another down, which is what they did. We saw enough of Stroud and OTAs to understand what's coming here as right. they get into the flow, and they need time. Well, one of the throws that, that he missed on Noah Brown, the thing that I loved about it was I don't think Noah was the first read. He was looking at the other side of the field, and he scanned, he saw Noah, and then bang. Um, I like that part, the fact that he went through his progressions, like, no, no, yes, and he just, he just missed on the throw. And those, those things are going to happen. But I felt like overall, last 15, 20 minutes of practice, you could see it was – it was wearing on. It was wearing on guys. It but has to. The, I'll say this last thing, Mark, before we get to Andre, who was on with us this morning. The talent level, the speed, the quickness, size, like everything you'd want a football team is. It it feels it feels completely transformed from what it was last year. Yes, very good point. Transformed. I like that word a lot. I couldn't come up with a better one. That is what it is. It's a totally different situation here. Yep. As we hearken back to last year, I like comparing years and things like that because it does give you some perspective. And now the perspective should be, oh, boy, there's a lot more talent out there. Yep, and that is a good thing. Now the two of us are nowhere near as talented as our next guest, but it's our good friend, Andre. Where we had a chance to catch up with Dre this morning. A Mild surprise, uh, not surprised that he was at practice, but just hopped on over. We put him on the air, and some good stuff came out of it. Take a listen. Andre Ware's got a front row seat. Yeah, he does. Great. Right to the front row, baby. You yeah. got that. I you knew guys you'd were like smart. This. I, one of you two, or both of you, a collective effort, put in uh, for a nice spot. And this <laughs> is, like, perfect. Nice breeze. Yeah. shaded. Uh, I think he has a you couple can of fans your, blowing you can on you. Thank your Sugarland pal for that. This That's is, a good one. I have thanked him. Dre, I've thanked him all morning for this because oh this goodness. is, this I is saw, tremendous. I saw the vet move by by the uh, general over there too. Top row. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's yeah. well shaded. Yep. yep. Well, there will be fans here on Friday, so he might not be there then. And I got to give Disney Harris a ton of credit. She puts together all these big events for the Texans, and she is amazing. Oh, they were out here this morning as we were walking. I walked on the field like seven thirty ish, and they are, their crew was already putting up all the signage and, and all that. I'm bothering I mean, her a few days ago, like I don't know if the radio. She's like, don't you know? Don't watch the sausage being made, Vandermeer. Okay, <laughs> just wait till it's done. It'll be ready for you, and it always is. It's awesome, Dre. Thoughts on John Mechie cleared to go coming back from what was it, the knee last year, maybe a hammy in the offseason, and yeah. of course, leukemia, the most important yeah. thing. But he's cleared. What can he mean to this attack? Oh, How goodness. long will it take him to get going? Yeah, and this has uh, been a long time coming, waiting on him to to get get himself well and healed. And certainly the Texans were going to be as patient as they needed to be. But you get a weapon 
with John Mechie, a, a guy that can take it the distance, uh, mm-hmm. a guy that a quarterback loves because you just hit him in, on a short underneath route. He can, you know, pop a, break a tackle and pop one for you. So they get a big-time weapon and, and a, at the position I think that they need uh, some help at receiver. Dre, when it comes to training camp, John McClain said these two words a little while ago. Actually, it's, I don't know, hyphenated word. He said two-a-days. And like, <laughs> it went inward, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I just was like, oh, what was the best thing about training camp? What was the worst thing about training camp? The, the best thing is that you knew the season was starting. And uh, <laughs> that's about where it stopped mm-hmm. from a player standpoint. Because you've gone through, you know, these guys now, speaking in modern terms, you know, they've gone through all this entire OTAs. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. installation is a thing of the past right mm-hmm. now. We would spend the first two or three weeks just installing. And then after about the third week, you know, now you start to re- you start to repeat stuff. Right. And uh, that's where it starts to really, really get old. And, and your body starts to break down about that time, no matter how good a shape you're in. That's where you've got to have a head coach that, that really knows the how to read his team in terms of when to give them days off, when to push them hard, when to back off, things of that sort. But, uh, yeah, once, once you get past that third week, it's, uh, it, it's all downhill. Right. We always talk about camp and it's hot. And, uh, I'm talking about the subtleties between 8 and 9 o'clock with the wind velocity and everything. How do the high school kids do it here? You did know. this. Johnny did this. It seemed like it was a different kind of sun when You're I grew younger, up. You're younger. You're more sun. It, 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 it is. A, it was a different sun when we grew up. It, it's, it's crazy right now. I, I stand out there and wonder how the heck <laughs> did I wear shoulder pads and helmet and, you know, the complete mm-hmm. outfit out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon at, for that second practice. Oh, and then you're running gassers on top of that after the second practice to, you know, just and that's with, you know, limited water, all of that stuff back in the day mm-hmm. to show your toughness. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the crazy stuff you would do. This is how crazy it was back. And I'm the youngest of you guys. We had just gotten to a point in my high school where they were giving them water breaks when I got there as yeah. a freshman. It was ice chips. They oh. had ice chips. I'm like. We got water finally when I was a freshman in high school, and all Imagine the guys the older guys that were taking older soft guys were tablets, like, you, you, know, "Yeah, you yeah, softies, it's crazy!" I'm like this is this is nuts. Uh, Dre, this morning, uh, news about Titus Howard signs an extension, three years. He's around here, so now you got an offensive line as we mentioned it earlier. Laramie's locked up for four. You got Kenyon on a rookie contract. Juice is on a rookie contract. You signed Shaq Mason a three year extension. You got Titus a three year extension. Not that people make excuses, but there aren't excuses now, man. That line for the next few years should be able to be together and do some things. What do you think about Titus and just the offen- the, the, well, sign- the extension and then the offensive line in general? I think it goes to uh, the point of where uh, they believe in what they have up front. Otherwise, you wouldn't extend to the point that they've done. Right. You know, right. It would have right. been a, a one, two-year – or try to do it on a, on a fly on a one- or two-year deal. Right. But when you extend past two years, then you believe in what – what you have, uh, this is the line that they're going to operate with for C.J. Stroud for the next couple of years. And there may be some tinkering here and there or injuries here or there that, that cause for some changes. But this is the line that they're going with, they believe in, and uh, this is the group that's got to get it done. Dre, thoughts on the quarterback market with Herbert signing yesterday. Burrow has yet to go. Lamar got his deal. The money seems crazier than ever. 
But then I look at, you know, max contract from the Celtics yesterday, and that's just such three hundred and four million money. And I'm just guaranteed. thinking, well, these are quarterbacks in the most popular sport in America. I mean, people can't complain about it. And they got to do it. it to Jason Tatum the next year. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. a max, It'll be max deal more, guy yeah. next year, mm-hmm. he'll, and he'll command more than that. Yep. But it, it's, it's, uh, it's gotten crazy. The soccer player that was – was that Bobby. a – was that a uh, – just uh, a, a rumor. No, no. One year. One year for a billion dollars. Man, Saudis are doing everything to get involved in sports. Oh my goodness! One year a billy. That's only That's, a bill. I said that had to be a joke. Man. Mahomes That's, is ten that years. Cannot, that cannot be because I would sign that thing so fast. <laughs> I mean, well, he's twenty. If I had to prick my finger to get it in blood, I would. It, I would he's twenty four. I yes. think. And, and so much, they're talking where about do you him. Go from there. Well, he's talking about doing that for a year. But then going and playing for Real Madrid the next year, and that that's kind of that becomes his team going forward. Speaking of Real Madrid, playing here tonight. Tonight, yes. tonight, yep. yeah, tonight. Real Madrid tonight. Um, Dre, just overall this team, D'Amico head coach, C.J. Stroud, you know, as a rookie quarterback, some of the moves that have been made. What's your overall vibe? I mean, you get kind of the same good vibe feeling that, that Mark and I have talked about this morning about this team going to 2023, um, and it's especially different than the last three years. Yeah, it, the one thing I thought that they had to do this offseason was add size uh, mm-hmm. on yeah. the defensive side of the ball where they, you know, there's plenty of quickness but not just size to, to kind of plug up places. When you add Hassan Ridgeway, who knows the system already, yep. and he's coming in, he he just looks like he takes up two spots. Yep. They, they, they give him a, a respectable 305, but I'm betting that it's more. It's, he's in tremendous shape, though, because he, if he's 305, he looks bigger, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, he, you got to be in shape to carry what he's carrying around. And, and then speed. I thought they needed to add some speed to this team as well. I think they did a pretty good job of that this yeah. offseason. Dre, what's your college situation with ESPN? What can you share? Well, not us? officially. Uh, I, I was told I'm back on Friday nights. Nothing okay. official has come out yet. All right. But uh, there's some rumblings, uh, some changes in play-by-play. I'll be in the same role. Mm-hmm. I think my sideline reporter, Paul Carcaterra, will be in the same role. So the two of us, we usually roll in and tear up a city and then roll right out. Nice. Well, changes at ESPN, huh? That's so oh, unusual. My goodness. My goodness. All right, Dre, thanks a lot for being with us. Appreciate you guys. It's always a blast when three of us get on the air together. It's glad to see Dre this morning. And, yeah, we do have a ringside seat. There's no question. But then they did a lot of stuff over on field two. It's okay. I got over there in time to see plenty of it. And check out my training camp observations. My Harris hits 10 years running the best thing you're going to find on training camp. So make sure you check that out, HoustonTexans.com. Coming up, our discussion with the McNairs. But we had a lot of fun, including – Finding out that Hannah McNair and I have something in common with our two, well, her husband, my work husband. That's next on Texans All Access. Ooh, buddy, it's late in the day. It's been a long day. Been up since 4.15 this morning, but still cranking live right here on Texans All Access. Appreciate you being with me, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And now it's time to... Speak to two of the most important people in Houston, the McNairs. Count Hannah McNair joined Mark and I. We always have a blast talking to him. Stay tuned probably about halfway through for sure. We'll stay for the whole thing. But you're going to find out that Hannah McNair and I have something in common with our quote-unquote husbands. Mark, my work husband, and obviously Cal, her husband. Something that we have in common. And it popped up early in the show, and Hannah was listening. And was in full agreement with me. You just have to pay attention here. Callan Hannah McNair on with Mark and I at Texans Training Camp Live. Here we go. Joining us 
is Chairman and CEO Cal McNair and Vice President of the Houston Texans Foundation, Hannah McNair. Welcome, McNairs. Happy training camp day. Oh, so exciting. And what great seats. How'd you score these seats? You must know someone. I know Disney Harris. That's all I know. That's and the person to know. Th- this is a good spot, She's though, a isn't it, Cal? Cal, you're going to have to come over here and watch with us. Uh, this is absolutely. pretty good. This is the best seats in the house right here. This is pretty. Don't tell anybody. This is pretty good stuff. We're going to relay the information to the fans and, you know, it's shaded. By the way, this is the third training camp we've had full shade for all the fans uh, virtually all the fans, and even in the end zones, this is really good stuff. They really benefit from this. Yeah, yeah. even in the end zones are shaded, so that'll be really helpful. Yeah, it's it's super cool because we had the COVID year, and then when we get, got out of that, we figured, hey, you know, this is a good idea, and it's a wonderful innovation for the Texans at camp. This for both y'all. Obviously, Mark and I, we've been talking about this. We've been building up, talking about our excitement about this particular camp. Where's the excitement level been for both of y'all as you lead up into this camp? I mean, you guys have had baseball going on, so that's probably taken up a lot of the, a lot of the headspace. But when that's over, when you got out of All-Stars and maybe you're still in it, where's your excitement level for this camp starting today? Uh, we are all in on football all the time. So, yeah. um, um, and it's so exciting right now because it is, starting today, all football. Mm-hmm. And we are headed getting every day we're getting trying to get better getting ready for our first game coming up and that's just so exciting for us we we can't wait yeah you really get to see what your team looks like you know during training camp um as the days go on you'll start it starts to develop and you have a pretty good picture of what your season's going to look like and the guys you have on the field and um where you're going so i think that that's pretty exciting energy level very high today it'll be even higher starting friday when the fans get here so what about that because i know the two of you are going to do a little bit of mingling maybe a lot of mingling (laughs) with the fans once they get here we love the fans that's that's so much fun i think we did that last year um and i really enjoyed it there's an energy that you get when you uh go and visit with the fans and over here where you are and uh, i think that that's just contagious looking forward to giving away a few t-shirts and towards the end a few hamburgers and hot dogs and different things through the through the different practices but we're excited to have the fans out here i for think sure. by popular demand we, we might need more grilling cow yeah. more <laughs> people really love it. Hey, i need him at the house you. grilling too y'all right. don't steal him from me we need me. to clone you and get more grills and that'll just satisfy everybody at that point mark and i were talking about this earlier January, I don't know, 9th, 10th, whatever it was, the Tuesday after we played the Annapolis Colts and the decision to move on uh, for the previous coaching staff was made, have you sat down and you guys did a to-do list? Like, okay, these are the things we need to do for 2023 and beyond. It feels like you've checked off a lot of those boxes, extensions for players that you wanted to keep around, a great draft, but almost most importantly, D'Amico Ryan's at the top. Of the to-do list, how important was it to get him for this organization at this time, guys? I think a lot of the to-do list was being made. You know, as you go through a season, mm-hmm. you kind of start jotting sure. things down, right? And you go, okay, we need this, we need this. So it wasn't just on a of Tuesday course, course. after the season. You're kind of evaluating throughout the whole year. And then, um, you know, obviously the coaching decision was made that Sunday. So your to-do list got a little bit bigger. Uh, but... I think that that's exciting. I think when you look at it, you go, okay, this is where we want to be. This is where we want to go. And, um, you know, with Cal's leadership, we were able to do a lot of those things. And we still have got some to-do lists to do, and uh, but we'll get there. Ooh. But there's sort of a timing and a season for all these different things. Sure. And that first um, start of it was getting the coach that we felt was the right fit for us, and we're really excited to have 
D'Amico, and uh, that was a fun process. We got to all of the interviews where, hey, if anyone asks you to do an interview, I encourage you to go do an interview because it it, it really helps you broaden your horizon and how you look at things, and, and you don't know what's going to happen. But that process was true for us, and we learned from everyone we interviewed. And um, But D'Amico really stood out as being really the fit for where we are and where we want to go. So we're so excited to bring him back home. Well, so much news, even in the last week, and among the news items today is John Mechie here in uniform, cleared to play. Nick Casario talked about it earlier. Your reaction to that? Number eight, right? Yeah, number eight. Number is eight. on the field. We've been waiting for this. Such a good young man. Uh, he has worked so hard, um, you know, during all the rehab and everything and all the challenges that's been thrown his way, and I couldn't be more excited to see him out here and see what he can do and be a really big part of the team. And we'll just have to see because he's been through a lot, and we're going to have to be patient, show him some patience. And um, But the sky's the limit, and we're, we're really excited to have him out here. He's a leader. I mean, I don't know if you saw him last year, even while he was in treatments. He was on the sideline um, coaching everybody up, see, telling them what he's seeing, um, you know, really contributing to the team. So, so right. I can't wait to see him do the um, – Karate Kid. Oh, yes. Thing. So I've been working on that on the side so I can, have your I can kids do seen, that. When have it, your kids seen the Karate Kid? The new one or the old one? The, and it, oh, the, the original. The OG. Yeah. yeah. They the have OG. seen it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's right. so good. You're good parents. It, it's so good. All right. You're good <laughs> parents. If they hadn't seen it, they'd be a little worried, but okay. <laughs> Two weeks from Thursday at New England, first preseason game, 6 o'clock kick central live on ABC 13 and live right here. I've got to get the promos in. For you two, where's the best place to watch a game, the best stadium? Because you have different vantage ours. points like we do. Uh, all right, other than ours, when you're on the road. Good answer, though. Good way to start. Yes. That's other than ours. Too. Other than ours. It depends where they put you in the suites, right? So every team puts you somewhere different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do like the end zone view. Mm-hmm. Uh, you oh, see the okay. whole field. You see the play develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot easier to see than when you're at the 50. Everybody thinks, you know, 50-yard line, you can see everything. You can, right. but at the same time, you know, you're seeing one side. Right. So, yeah, I, I like the stadiums with the end zone. I, I like yeah. the stadiums where we've won. Yeah, those <laughs> are good. Time, so that's really doesn't matter where it is. I just like to win. So. Tennessee, the last couple of years, yeah. has been great. Yeah, it's been a great state. Why would you jinx us like that, Mark? So I heard Florida. you jinx us earlier on see? injuries. Oh, no. Yes. I, yes. Thank you, John. We are on the you same don't page with talk this. about it. You was, just don't say it. You don't, you don't say it. Okay. You just don't say we it. Have this Cal has learned this with me. <laughs> I am like, you don't ever talk about anything that hasn't happened. Mm. Ever, ever. Mm. Yes, super. This happens during games too. Oh, it's yeah. so frustrating. On the broadcast, right? he, he will say something. He'll he'll say something during the broadcast, and Andre and I are like, "What have you just done? We have five minutes left in this game." I have to tell you a jinx. Oh, so la- I won't name him, but he is somebody you would all know. Our very first game, if you recall, we were up quite a bit going into the bottom oh, yeah. of the third quarter, and he he comes over, he starts talking, and I said, "I'm sorry." We can't talk. I'm still watching the game. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you've got this. Y'all are fine. And I looked at him, and I said, what did you just say? And he goes, you're fine. You're fine. I said, no, if you just jinxed us, we're going to have a problem. When we went into overtime and we tied, he came over. He goes, I knew I'd never be invited back if we lost. <laughs> he goes, I was praying to every saint out well, there. A tie is almost as bad, though. Oh. I mean, it's halfway there. Is this person familiar with our history with the Indianapolis Colts? I'll just leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, he's familiar with our team from day one. Oh, my gosh. Hey, the um, a, a lot of events are happening, and it's funny because 
we work here at NRG Stadium, and it's super cool because tonight there's an international soccer event with two global brands with <laughs> Real Madrid and Arsenal. It's amazing Incredible. to have this kind of event take place. Yeah, that's amazing, and we're excited to have them here. Uh, I think our turf is down, and mm-hmm. uh, we're getting the stadium ready, dusting off the last few things, and can't wait for them. We'll be there. Yeah. Um, we love we soccer matches here. That's yeah. uh, how Cal met me. That's right. Oh, really? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, story time. Go. <laughs> no, it's just we uh, we brought some clients. Uh, the firm I used to work for brought some clients to watch U.S. versus Mexico soccer match, and that's how Cal ended up oh. seeing me and then asking his friend to introduce me. Right. There you go. No big deal. Okay, that's the story. <laughs> still like story time. Part two is <laughs> our story story next time. visit. <laughs> uh, season premiere, August 31st, right? Yes. Yes. On the stadium field level. That's going to be super yep. cool. Yep. How's that going, uh, prep for that and everything? Uh, it's exciting. I think when every time you uh, do something new, which last year was the first time we switched it from a luncheon to an evening event, um, you know, you, you do different things, and um, we're very excited. We've got the dueling pianos, which I'm really excited about. I've never done it in person, but I've seen lots of videos about it. So I think it's going to be a really, really good time. I think everyone's going to enjoy uh, I think our players are all going to enjoy it. You'll get to see the whole team. Uh, this is after cut, so you'll get to see what our team looks like. What is dueling pianos? You keep talking about that. What is that? <laughs> it's two. So you have two different people on pianos, and people basically tip to have them play a song, and they can play any song. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of a battle. Are okay. they on stage, or are they going to be in the field level area? Do you know? Field level area. I really want to MC. I want to do play by play. You want now, Rocket Man? You want to do karaoke Mark, or something? With you've these got guys, to spread right? the wealth and he let wants somebody to play else announce. You're really <laughs> yes. good at it. <laughs> I could do some Neil Diamond. Yeah. He could uh, accompany with guitar. Yes. Yeah. See? You Dueling can accompany guitar. with guitar. Oh, yeah. Over here. Hey, one of the items that's being auctioned off is uh, one of Cal's guitars, because Cal knows how to play the guitar, and um, Ed Sheeran signed it. I had no idea. You buried Whoa. the lead. Cal, you play guitar? Let's Cal go. everything. <laughs> Yo, he was sailing, you know, the last couple of weeks with the boys, and I go, when was the last time he said Over 20 years ago, and he's just language. out there. I sailed. He sailed. <laughs> he was on the sailing. T- I mean, you're just speaking his language right now. <laughs> I didn't know this. Cal, we got to talk. This Cal is, this is, is I mean, he's quiet, but he knows how to do a lot. Renaissance uh, man. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Well, two weeks from Thursday, preseason game one, opener at Baltimore. We talked about your favorite places to go. I hope that's one of them at the end of that game. Thank you so much for joining us today, McNairs. Hey, thanks for thanks, having Mark. us, and I uh, really enjoy your spot here. So we look forward to joining you. Really if you invite nice. us back. Anytime. Standing invitation. Man, what a conversation. And yes, my superstition, just so you guys know, it all stems from baseball. Playing baseball the many years that I played, that's what it is. It's all baseball's fault. Well, not really, but you get the point. But yeah, when Mark said that this morning, I almost reached over like, like slow motion, turning his mic off. I mean, it was... I was just like, don't say that. You, it, I mean, it's going to happen. You know, injuries are inevitable, especially in training camp, especially when you put the pads on, and even more so when it's hot like it was today. I mean, it was – and there's no shade. I mean, for the fans, there's a ton of shade. But once you get on that field, there's just – I mean, there's no running from it, man. It's just – so what are you going to do? You just compete and do the best you can and – you know what? You'll be all set, ready to go when you play outdoors on September 24th uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
And I don't know what Baltimore will be like, but if it's toasty, you'll at least be climatized for when you face the Baltimore Ravens. All right, we get back. We talked to the general this morning as well. Let's hear what he had to say about all things training camp. His 47th. That's more than Mark and I combined. 22 for him, 17 for me. That's 39. He's got 47. We'll talk with him next right here on Texans All Access. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access. I am your host, John Harris. We've heard from Andre Ware. We have heard from the McNairs. It's now time to hear from the general. 47th training camp, John McClain with myself, John Harris, and Mark Vandermeer talking about training camp, what he's looking forward to. It's good stuff with the general right here. Let's get the general's gut reaction yeah. first here to the Titus Howard signing. General. I think it's tremendous for the Texans. I thought Titus would test free agency and be one of the top tackles on the market. Obviously, he likes Houston. He likes this team. The direction it's going with D'Amico Ryans gets $36.5 million guaranteed. Story broken by Adam Schefter. So I think Texans fans got to be ecstatic to know they got their two offensive tackles tied up. For years. A couple of things that hit me. Number one, first of all, I was shocked. And I, I'm shocked just because I had kind of resigned myself to the fact of what John just said, and that is I thought he was going to test free agency or the Texans would tag him or do something like that at the end of the year. So I I had been thinking about it, but I was just kind of shocked to see it. Like, oh, yes, this is happening. The thing that hit me was this. They finally quit messing around with Titus Howard. You're like, no, you're a left guard. No, 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 you're, you're a right guard. No, 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 you're going to play right tackle. No, no, we're going to move you back. Whatever. They finally just stuck him at his natural position to right tackle last year, and look what happens. You yep. give a guy an opportunity with some continuity. He's gotten better every year regardless of the position he's playing, but he finally locked in the position he's going to play, and now you've got arguably, arguably one of the better tackle duos in the NFL with Tonto and Howard locked up he's for the next three He's also a very years. good guy who fits the culture yes. that they want. Good one. Great mm-hmm. team guy. Well, you have a rookie quarterback here who's going to get a lot of attention, right? And I know they have Davis Mills and Case Keenum on the squad as well. But I'm not – I haven't been around as long as the general. But I've been around here since the beginning of this. And this was supposed to start with a rookie quarterback, David Carr, and a Hall of Fame left tackle in Tony Baselli and a really good right tackle in Ryan Young. And that was going to help the rookie quarterback develop. (laughs) They were going to put together a good line, fill in the gaps from there. Steve McKinney at center, we talked to him last week. It was awesome. But they were going to have a good situation. Never happened. Baselli never played. Ryan Young played a few snaps, and they had to put Chester out at left tackle right Mm -hmm. away as a rookie. That obviously was a big challenge, but he played forever. It was great eventually for him individually. But the team struggled with the rookie quarterback quarterback now you have a rookie quarterback possibly starting game one we'll get into that in a moment here but you have your tackles set and you have other established veterans in the middle here you have Kenyon Green entering year two you have Shaq Mason here we'll see what they do at center much better situation on the line here general as you deal with another rookie quarterback situation after all the instability they've had up front especially with their coaches Chris Strauss has got to be guy that sticks around a while can't keep changing those offensive line coaches every year there are questions about Kenyon Green coming off uh, knee, knee surgery, but it's great he's not on physically unable to perform. And then the center, you know, Quisenberry started 16 games, but they didn't trade for him two with Juice Scruggs if he's not going to start. It's not a matter of if, it's when. So at some point they're going to have a rookie center and a rookie quarterback, which I think is great. Let them grow together. Let Shaq Mason and Laramie Tunsil and uh, Titus Howard be the leaders up front. And 
you know, quarterback's best friend is a great running game. That starts with alignment as well. They're going to control so much about what goes on with Bobby Sloak's offense. Larry Tunsil, four years, right? Mm-hmm. Titus Howard, three. Shaq Mason, three. Kenyon Green on his rookie deal, three years left on that. Juice Scruggs, if he's a rookie, he's got four years on that. You got an opportunity with those five up front to be together in front of C.J. Stroud. The point of this is, and going back to what you just said, John, about Bobby Sloak, and, and look, it's first-year offense coordinator. There are going to be some, some hills and valleys, but they're no more, well, the offensive line stinks. You know, when Deshaun in 2018 had 62 sacks, we all looked at him and went, well, you know, the offensive line wasn't very good in 2018. Well, it wasn't. Deshaun was part of those sacks too, but there are no excuses up front now for anybody. You've got all these guys locked up, whether they're on rookie contracts or the extended contracts. You've got pro bowlers up front, Shaq Mason, Laramie Tunsil, and a guy in Titus Howard who's got pro bowl ability. You have no more excuses, John, up front with that group. I have a column on SportsRadio610.com on five veterans that have to step up in camp to help them do as well as everybody expects them to do. And first, I have Derek Stingley, Jr., but mm-hmm. Kenyon Green, second. Kenyon Green, I think. You know, he still started, what, 14 games last year. Yep. He's got a lot of proving to do, but one of the reasons they brought him in was the fact that he was such a good run blocker, and we saw flashes of that. So Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, I think the running game, if Pierce can stay healthy, is going to be terrific. And when they got that stability up front, once Green gets reestablished and Scruggs moves in as a starting center, it'll be a strength. And uh, if they run the ball a lot like the 49ers do, mm-hmm. that'll take a lot of pressure yep. off a rookie quarterback. All right. Well, speaking of the rookie quarterback, next hot read, please. C.J. Stroud signs on the team officially announced it yesterday, but the story broke before that. So, General, you have Stroud inked, and I'm going to ask you this every week, maybe every day. How will they handle the quarterbacks? Let's go day one, two, three. How do you think they do the reps? We saw what they did in OTA. How will they divvy them up? I think it'll be more of the same. D'Amico told us in that last news conference after the offseason program, the starting job will play itself out. We know Stroud's going to start. Davis Mills knows it. Case Keenum knows it. Bobby Sloak, Gerard Johnson, and D'Amico know it. But I think what they're doing, rather than anoint him before he stepped on the field, Mm -hmm. like Bryce Young did, a lot of times you want the veteran players to see why you're doing something at a position that important. Davis Mills has busted his butt for two years, taken a beating, put up with a lot of criticism. And so, you know, I think that they want it to be clear to the players that Stroud is the guy. And I'm guessing it might not be till after the joint practices. Um, but he'll get first-team reps every day. It's just a matter of how long they want to split them. Does it? I know people. Generally, I listen and read a lot that happens in this city, and I I kind of shake my head sometimes. Like, I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. Like when they name him the starter, I don't really care about that. I just want to see him as the starter in week one. So I don't know. I don't know that I have a time frame of when I want him to be the starter. But when they come out today, do you expect him to be taking the number one reps right away? I think he and Mills will be splitting the number one reps. I think he may be the one that takes them first. And uh, because uh is going to get asked about it every day. He knows it. And uh, when Bobby Slowick talks, he's going to be asked about it. They've talked in circles, talking about 
Will Anderson Jr., they say all these great things about him. We know he's starting from the get-go, should be their best defensive player. But they're just careful with Stroud. And I don't know how much that's them, how much it's Stroud. We can all see throw such a, a great ball, an easily mm-hmm. catchable mm-hmm. ball. You know, they don't have a go-to receiver yet. Might not have a go-to receiver. Might spread the wealth. But um, at some point, he's going to have to get almost all the first-team reps, whether it's for the first preseason game at New England. And if he starts that one, he's not coming out other than injury. Or if he plays really bad. Remember, Mills played bad. They benched him, brought him back, and then he played well the rest of his rookie year. Now, Stroud's a much better prospect, but – once he's in there, I don't see him coming out. There was such great news coming out of today. Started in the morning. I was I was completely shocked. I said this in my tweet. I, for some reason, just didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, this late in the ballgame that Titus Howard was going to get his extension, uh, well-deserved extension. And I, I said this in my tweet. That man changed positions. He moved from one guard to this guard to that tackle to that guard to this tackle, back to this tackle to this guard. And finally, in 2022, he got back to the position that he should have been all along from 2019 at right tackle and showed what he's made of. And he and Laramie Tunsil make up, I think, the best tackle duo in the league. And now they're together for the next three years at a minimum. Well, today or this year and then three beyond this. So four years. Um, That's such great news. And then, of course, John Mechie. Uh, being cleared that was uh, we had learned that a little bit after we talked to the general but that was just great stuff to hear John Mechie being back at practice all my observations for practice Harris hits you know I've been doing it since 2014 Um, and you know you need a little bit of time to get through them but I give you nuggets on as much as I possibly can it's a little tougher now because it's just a passing practice there's not really pads going on but I did give some kudos to the defense defense did a great job here Mark and I talked about that earlier in the show so um, it's a good day one it's a good start and now you just, as they say, you stack days, baby. You stack days. A big thanks to Jennifer for joining us, to the McNairs for being on, Dre for stopping by this morning to hang out with his radio crew, to Mark, to all of you for listening. We will see you tomorrow bright and early, 8 to 10. You got Sean Seth from 6 to 8, us from 8 to 10 right there um, at the 50-yard line, and then you got Landry and John from 10 to 2 after that, and, of course, Ron and, show, or, uh, Ron and Clint after that. Boy, that's a mouthful. Appreciate you guys for being here. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans.